My Talkers, it's Wednesday, August 25th. We are one day away, one more show till you can go down and watch Lori and Julia at the lovely State Fair. And don't forget, today at some point in time during the show, we've got some James Taylor tickets to give away. So listen up. Oh, yes, we do. We're girding our loins right now for the rain tomorrow. That's really what all we're... I can th- all we can think about is it's going to be cold. But it, the shows, I think it starts tomorrow with starting in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, so no, everyone's I mean, there. They're gonna. It's gonna be cold. I do not want to wear my rubber boots. I've got the cutest pair of leopard half ankle rubber boots. Those are cute, <laughs> but they are uncomfortable. Well, then don't wear them. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why can't they make comfortable rubber boots? I am wearing well because they're rubber and they don't breathe. That's that's, that's my biggest problem. Do you? I got the rubber hot boots foot. are for gardening, where and you have the hot feet. I got the hot feet. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so I'm thinking about wearing like. I always trash you know, the one year pair. Round. I trash one pair of sandals every year yeah. at the fair, and one pair of tennis shoes every year at the fair. I always use the shoes from shoes last, last year's because year. they're going to not ruin the ones I'm currently wearing. Oh, exactly. Good Lord. Yeah, you just got to do it. Like I got some new sandals, but I'm not wearing these Absolutely new sandals out not. to the fair. No, Hell I'm no. Th- I'm planning on like um, winter shoes. You know, the winter walking boot shoes. What is that? A boot. No, I can't think of the name. What is the name that you call it? A galosh? No, an Oxford or? No, like a. Sorrells, like the mini Sorrells? No, like like just a tennis shoe, but it's for all weather. What do you call those? Sports shoes? What is the name? (laughs) Tennis shoes? I got a pair of sports shoes for my son for my birthday. Yeah, I don't know. I was shocked. Like a leather leather sneaker? Is that what you're talking about? It's like a sneaker that's just more, it's waterproof, a waterproof sneaker. Yeah. But there's a name for that. Julia, we don't have time to get into the whirlwinds, no, the windmills like of your mind. Shoe. What is it called? Please play Julia's song. A trail song. shoe. A trail shoe. There's a name. Julia, we don't want to go down this path with you. I don't know how we can get you to stop. Anyway, Except we can play your it's song. It's just bugging me that there is a name and I can't think of it. Which is the song we're thinking of. i got to learn windmills this. Windmills of, of my mind. Okay, windmills of my mind. It's when I go loopy. <laughs> and basically you should have it on speed I am dial. going to get dial. that one ready to go. All and right. it's from a classic Steve McQueen movie. Like from 1967 something. something. like that. And, and the windmills of her mind. And they remade it. It's the Thomas Crown Affair. It's in the Thomas mm-hmm. Crown Affair, the original one and with the... Windmills the... That is a great movie. Yeah, have you ever seen the original? <laughs> Not the original. Oh, no. he's hot. Watch he the original. I mean, the the remake was excellent. With uh, what was that? Rene Russo and, and um, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Rene Russo. We have not seen her in a movie in a while. Julia, she, they she, were so hot. She, you know how rough Hollywood well, she is. To start a production company or didn't know about it, and who knows if she had Harvey Weinstein. No, she's... Here's your son. Very funny. It's so true. It's so random. So when she does that, when I say, Julia, you're having windmills of the mind, (laughs) Donnie is the one who knew the lyrics of that song, and he's like, I have the perfect song for you, and I never realized till years later, when Casey and I were on a kick of watching original movies that had been remaken, we'd Mm -hmm. never... He had seen the original. And then I'm like... Hey, wait a minute. This is Julia's song. Yes, Windmills of the Mind. Yes, it is. Okay, would you uh, like to hear who the... Would you like a, a, a beautiful man to um, talk, to talk you to sleep? We've got oh, a, um, is that a... Is that, really is that a, a rhetorical question? question? Right, no. What are you thinking? So, Reggae Jean Page is the oh. latest celeb to lend his voice to the calm... 
Mr. Bridgerton. Meditation. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bennett. I want to call him Bennett, I, but I know that's not his name. No. From Bridgerton. Yeah. Hawthorne. Lord. Hawthorne. I don't know. We've already forgotten. It's been so long. <laughs> it really has. But we've just no, like that shoe that's waterproof. Yeah, but Reggae Jean Page. Page. We'll never forget his name. No. And here's his voice. All right. First up, Reggae Jean Page. How would you like it if the smooth sounding voice mm-hmm. of the Duke just put you to sleep every single night? Well, if that's your dream, you're in luck. Because the Bridgerton star is the latest celebrity to lend his soothing voice to the Calm Meditation and Sleep app. Page narrates a sleep story titled The Prince and the Naturalist. Here's a little bit, but don't fall asleep. My name is Reggae Jean Page. Tonight, I'll be accompanying you as we travel back through time to old England. We'll join a naturalist on a perfect English summer afternoon as he makes his way to the country retreat of a royal family. Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah. Is that Carson? Yeah, that's Carson. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But, I mean, at first, I thought a naturalist was a code word for a nudist. Oh. The prince and the nudist. But I don't think that's... No. I think... Uh, the, Over there, I think it has a... Di- uh, yeah, like there's somebody who hikes and birds. Yes. And, and, you know, looks for seashells and looks through binoculars for yes. things, Julia. Bends over and scoops things. Maybe looks for a mushroom. Lois wanted to check, was it a boat shoe? No. Like a Sperry. No? No. Okay. It's yeah. just, it's really, it's a waterproof tenny. Yeah, it's a hiking it. shoe. It's good. good Lord. Oh, for crying out loud. Windmills. Windmills on oh your my mind. Gosh. You couldn't think of that. It's a hiking shoe. Okay. You know what I have The my... for a naturalist, Lori, is you're right. It's Someone... a person who is an expert or interested in botany or zoology. Right. They're looking a person for who flowers. advocates and praises naturalism mm-hmm. in art and literature. So I like the idea of the princess running into the guy who's carefully examining a beautiful flower growing out of a mossy patch of the side of a tree and identifying it. I love it. (laughs) As the camera swoops and slowly. But but remember, he's just reading this book to you. Have you ever tried that calm meditation app? No. Have you, Grant? Yes, actually, I use it to sleep sometimes. I I definitely have turned it on, and it works because it's just so. Su- they they talk about things, they describe things right. to get your mind and going. His and, voice was just oh, oh it's lovely. lovely. The Duke of whatever he was, uh, the Duke of Hastings. Hastings, that's it. Thank you very much. Okay, did you watch? Um, by any chance, did you watch Fantasy Island last night? I did not, but I did not I, I I watched last week's episode. Same. I watched first two episodes, Same, and I quite I liked, liked it. it. I did too. I forgot last night. I like the the little. I like the storylines, and I like every week it's a new story. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty good. It's it's, it's very uh, entertaining, but kind of sweet TV. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. All right, listen. I we kind of like it. When we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. All right, everybody, stop drumming in their cars right now or wherever you're listening to us because that song, you can't help but start air drumming, you know? Absolutely. On that song. Thanks for getting that because what we're going to be talking about is, so if you know the Nirvana album, which I think people do, the Nevermind album. um, Which has the cover of the baby floating in a pool, naked. Naked, kind of, there's a dollar dollar bill uh, floating there and it's all blue and... I remember getting that, uh, you know, that was one of the things that just like, it was such a, you're like, wow, this album is just, this cover is so crazy. And I just remember getting it a CD. I I wasn't buying albums in 91. No. I was done with that. And I certainly wasn't buying any tapes, but I have, I still have the CD and it's great CD. 
Well, apparently the baby is well, now grown up. 30, 30-year-old 30 Spencer Eldon, he's the baby seen on that cover mm-hmm. in 91, and he has filed a lawsuit uh, against uh, 17 people involved with the album. So the guys in the band, Courtney Love, the, the estate, producers. Basically, he wants 150000 Dollars from each of these 17 defendants because right. his parents. So picture this they're in Hollywood. Yep. And the photographer, this dude by the name of Kirk Weddle, they're, they're just kind of talking about what would be a cool, you know, album right. cover. And, and well, apparently Kirk Cod- Cobain watched um, a documentary or something of babies swimming, swimming underwater. Yes, and that was kind of, and and so the photographer, he's like, well, I'm friends with this guy who's been helping me set up mm-hmm. the sets and props for the shoot, and I could ask him, he and his wife have like a four-month-old son. So we called up the guy, right. the dad, hey, Rick, you want to make 200 bucks and throw your kids kid in, the in the water? pool? And Rick didn't ask his wife. He just said yes. <laughs> and uh, and he told this, Rick Eldon, this guy's father, told this to NPR. Yes. And these are his words. He said, and we just had a big party at the pool and no one had any idea what was going on. And they paid me 200 bucks and, you know, that was it. So flash forward 30 years later and this kid, he, because... They've always known who this kid was. It was always public, like, hey, it was a photographer's assistant. They just threw, you know, it kind of became this little story. So they always were out loud about his name, the family's name. And the kid recreated it on the five-year anniversary, the 10-year, the 15, the 20-year anniversary, and has never mind the album name tattooed on his body. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, this is his claim claim to fame. Exactly. And and, But the, the thing... Now that why I think he has this legal recourse is his parents never signed a, a consent, a, a release, you know, saying, I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, so that's dumb on his parents part. 100%. There you go. Okay. But, you know, maybe, you know, who knows what was going on and how old the parents were anyway. So he feels that, uh, you know, that, that it's, he's having to make a legal argument. So he's, <laughs> the argument is Claiming the album art is child pornography because we can see his baby penis. Yes, you can. And if you say baby penis three times really fast and look in the mirror, this guy is going to come out and smoke (laughs) it. There you go. And I don't know if she gets the Candyman reference. I don't at all. No, I knew she would. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. You know the urban legend saying Candyman three times in the mirror and then the Candyman will come out? And they got the new one coming out, too. No, I don't watch this. She's directing it. Baby penis, baby penis, baby penis. This guy's going to come I don't get that he did reenactments of it multiple well, times. What's his well, What's this his is argument? What Lori, but Lori, Grant, what you're saying, because Lori and I were talking about yeah. this in the double wide, and this gets to a different thing. This is his baby claim to fame that his parents put on him at four months old. Okay. It's the ultimate sharenting, yeah. which is Parent- a term... Oh, share, parents oversharing and sharenting. I looked it up. It's been about in the lexicon since about 2010. Okay. But people have been bragging and doing and showing off their kids, you know, forever. Nonstop. Nonstop. Without but their it, consent. But, and this happened to him in 91. Right. So his baby claimed to fame that he can never shake off or whatever is that, hey, I'm the baby. And, and I'm sure it was, you know, fun for a while. But right. when he realizes 
wait a second, this album with this picture of that sold me, 30 million, million copies. copies. I get I that he's get owed copy. some. I get that. I, that's, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. all it is. Because there's some. a stretch yeah. on some of the claims. But again, they remember they have to file it for Lee. You can't just file sure. what well, should have been paid. Or exactly. I can't file I a lawsuit. So they're going after child pornography. And right. in the lawsuit, his attorney argues that the inclusion of a dollar bill, because the baby is swimming towards a dollar bill. Makes it pornography. Makes the baby appear like a sex worker, mm-hmm. which is a stretch. Yeah. Get it. But again, yes. that might be the but legal they're laying, argument. Yes, they're gotcha. trying to, to do an argument. to, And I think he should be compensated. Yeah, because he can't. Get money from them because his parents were too stupid right. to properly right. figure this out. They have some kind of a kind. Of, well, wait a second. If he's going to be the cover right. art, then you know there should be. We should get like a yeah. residual or you something. know something because if somebody yeah. had painted a picture that they one hundred percent. But yep. but in, if his parents would have signed off, it would have been fine because then it was signed off. I wonder when will be the first Sharon teen lawsuit that a kid files against his parents. We have seen something on this, Lori, though. I feel like something did happen on this because if you look at all your friends and what, you know, we're not in the age because our kids were grown up when all the social media stuff happened. But I know people that post stuff on their kids every single day. Right, but some people have very tight, like it is. It could be a private. private, But whatever, you can't, you got to be careful about taking that kind of stuff out of context. But I'm talking about when parents uh, will make an Instagram for their uh, kid that's a public account. That that kind of stuff. Because listen to this. This is from... um, the University of Michigan. We're um, talking about sharing. sharing parents sharing over sharing. It's the practice of parents publicizing content about their children on the internet, whatever yes. that may be. Yep. Sharenting. Ninety-two percent of all American two-year-olds have a presence on the internet. Cool. Isn't so that one something? Day flash forward. I wonder if there's going to be I hope kids. Not. Who are going to go after their parents? Something like this happened already. Maybe I swear, if you could, um, there was a case where I swear a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, like you use your kid, uh, and they've got a funny little Instagram account. You hope that they're they're if they're making money on it, that it's for a college fund for you. It has your name on it, you know. But who knows? But I think this 18-year-old, it was 2016, Lori. It was. An 18-year-old sues parents for posting baby pictures on Facebook. Oh, my God. It was out of Austria. And an 18-year-old um, <laughs> from Carth- <laughs> Karen th- suing her parents over the posting of 500, 500 images of her without her consent. The images were shared with her parents' Facebook friends. It's a group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew... No shame and had no limit and didn't care whether it was a picture of me sitting on the toilet or laying naked in my cot. I re- don't you remember yeah, this yeah, case I do now? Remember this? Yeah. So the woman is seeking financial compensation oh and wants God. the photos to be removed from Facebook. Then, mm-hmm. then can the parents sue for financial compensation for paying for your whole life? For yeah, giving right. you every pair of clothes for putting yeah. the roof they, over your house? And this is Come 2016. On. The average mm-hmm. parent oh. shares almost 1,500 photos, mostly Gross. on Facebook, of a child before they even turn five. But you can understand it. I, like yesterday, I posted a picture of me holding my son for our birthdays on mm-hmm. Instagram. And I sent it to him first to see if he was okay with right. it. Because he was a preemie. That's a picture of him being three pounds, 13 yeah, ounces. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even less because he no, was. That's, that's good so, parenting, Julia, to ask because if I you wanted, can share. Yeah. But yeah, when kids are real little like that, it's just a 
thing. And they've even studied it. And it because of social media, parents also uh, have this feeling of it's sort of tied in with your self-identification. As a parent, right? You want to brag about? It your didn't kids happen if you didn't post it. That's right. So it's kind of. I never together. had a kid. Anyway, good luck, baby, from the Nevermind album cover. It's you know, I, I I hope you get some money. It I hope he gets great. some money, but I don't yeah. like his argument. Well, well right, that's, but that's, that's, what, that's what he had to do. I get it. I get yeah. it. I get it. All right. All right. What are we doing when we come back? Oh, we've got a great book on. Don't we? No, nope. we don't. Yeah, you're oh, always you are so you're two hours off every day. <laughs> I'm going to take your pulse and give you CPR. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. <laughs> I don't mean that, but I just really have been off this All week. Right. Tell right. us the truth. Joy, I'm never going to be your beast of burden. You are by name. You don't think so? <laughs> no, I'll never be your beast of burden. Right. Yeah, that means, you know, yeah, you know I what know. that means. I we don't do. have to explain that to the windmills, do we? Well, you might want to help other people at home. <laughs> I think like a donkey is a beast of burden. You know, you have to carry all my crap. (laughs) Sometimes you are my beast of burden. That's why I want clarification on it. You are my beast of burden. You're mine. This is so, this is, we we need to arm wrestle this one out. You (laughs) are so my beast of burden. You think I do a lot for you? No, no. Okay. But I think you don't do a lot for me. So you're my beast of burden. Oh, that's how it goes. Yeah. But I—that just seems wrong. I feel like, all right, fine. But I mean, if you wanted, that's the meaning of the all song, right. you know. I'll never be your beast of burden. I won't carry any of your stuff. Ever. Will not take, yeah, any of. But your, I will carry yours, Julia. Julia, I don't know how to do this. Where's the right click? What's a right click? Where's the dot com button? Julia, the printer isn't printing. Can you help me, Julia? I can't undo this. Julia, can you open my Snapple? Julia, you're stronger than me. You have those Italian peasant arms. But Julia, you can do everything. But Julia, you just know you're stronger. So just do it and take me out of my misery. Oh, someone's been locking these ones down. Oh, no, you have no idea. I knew you didn't know what I did know. I didn't know what it means. And that's like, you think I'm your beast of burden? No. Explain it for me and everybody else. But no. One yes. little song, one, one little Rolling little, Stone song. But Grant, you, Lori, and I have literally worked together, yeah, with the exception of maybe a year and a half uh-huh. for thirty years. That's yeah. amazing. At the same companies and worked together, and yes. your family. That but too. that came later. That came later, <laughs> that came but still, later. But your I mean, family. So but we have worked working. together for so long. I know all of her little idiosyncrasies and all of her little. Femme fatale moments. Yeah. And, oh, darling, be so delighted if you get me staples while you're up. I can't, I can't open the stapler. It's stuck. You haven't had to unstick our staplers yet. Oh, no, that's oh. coming. Grant, that's coming. That's For coming. some reason, we've been staple. We have been. Yeah, right. You know, they haven't been stuck for a while. You okay. don't know. Sometimes I just go refill them when you guys aren't here. So I Do may you? have. All yes. right. Thank you. Because right. we haven't been out for a while. That's right. All right. So the reason he was playing Beast yes. of Burden is because, of course, 
Um, wanted to just have a little bit more about, uh, you know, Charlie Watts passing away. Yes. Um, long time. The the engine room of the Rolling Stones passing away. And boy, did we learn more about him oh, in the last 24 hours. I didn't ever know. Well, because he was the quiet yes. uh, Rolling Stone. He never acted like a rock star. Yeah, but he also, you know, said uh, he, he didn't ever have to really do any interviews until about 20 years in when Mick was tired of doing it all. And he yeah. made and made Charlie do some interviews. So I think we picked the Today Show. All the morning shows yes. had a recap on it, but uh, the Today Show just remembering Charlie Watts. Tributes pouring in this morning for Rolling Stones drumming legend Charlie Watts. For more than 50 years, Watts was there alongside Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and Ronnie Wood, drumming his way into rock history. Through thousands of sold-out stadium shows and more than 25 albums and decades of hits, like Sympathy for the Devil, Gimme Shelter, and Satisfaction, Watts was always there keeping time for the Stones and doing it with style. He didn't always embrace the rock star lifestyle, but his love for music was unstoppable, Watts telling Today in 2012. I just love playing in a, in a band. I love playing the drums. One of the band's last public performances with Watts, playing You Can't Always Get What You Want, Charlie having a bit of fun with the at-home quarantine. Offstage, Watts was a family man. He married his wife Shirley in 1964 during the early days of the Stones, and they had one daughter together. Charlie Watts' other longtime love was jazz. And in the 80s, he formed a jazz band and released several albums with the Charlie Watts Quintet. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards paying tribute overnight to the heartbeat of their band by posting photos, no words needed. Jagger capturing Watts' pure love of music. Richards posting this of a clothes sign hanging on a drum set. Elton John tweeting, Charlie Watts was the ultimate drummer and such brilliant company. Ringo Starr writing, we're going to miss you, man. And Paul McCartney posting this emotional video tribute. Charlie was a rock um, and a fantastic drummer. Love you, Charlie. I always loved you. While Watts was never one for the spotlight. If you have any questions, Charlie will answer as many of those He never lost sight of the enduring impact the Rolling Stones had on their fans and the music industry. What's really surprising is we've stayed together, you know, with all egos and lack of it and too much and whatever it is that make people what they are and uh, that people actually like you still is staggering really charlie was destined to play drums you know he was given a banjo as a kid and he broke the neck off immediately he turned it upside down and turned it into a snare drum wow. his parents bought him a drum set he was uh, uh he was you know idolizing jazz musicians like duke ellington and miles davis when he was 12 years old remember the rolling stones needed charlie watts he didn't need the rolling stones he was an accomplished drummer then and they were, Keith Richards always famously said, we would shoplift to pay Charlie Watts, wow. making five pounds a week in 1963. But he was a family man, guys. And the debaucherous time of rock and roll in the 60s and 70s with Mick going out and, and Keith Richards and all the, the stories, it was Charlie who would go up to his hotel room alone. He was a graphic artist, graduated art school, worked on many of the sets and albums, and he would, and he would draw. Isn't that something? Draw his room. He would draw his bed. The bed he slept in. Yes. And, and uh, Bill Wyman, in his um, memoir... Uh, recalled a band meeting in 1965 when all the Stones, which by you know then there were like five, getting to grips with the first experiences of fame. You know, because right. now it's been like right, two right, years, right. and they were talking about how many women groupies they'd slept with in the last two years. And Bill Wyman said about 278 for him. 
Brian Jones said about 130. Mick Jagger said uh, uh, 30. Keith said six. And Charlie, zero. Wow. Zero. And there, when did they, what happened to those other bandmates, Lori? Well, Brian Jones drowned in a pool, oh. probably drunk or high or something, but he drowned like a year after the band kicked him out. Oh, okay. And Bill Wyman retired. And, uh, Mick, to- yeah, yeah, Bill Wyman, you know, so that's Ron Woods. Oh, got it, got yeah, it, got it. Okay. Took place to him. So, um, but his last, Charlie Watts, his last concert, you know, as the band, the Rolling Stones, as we know him, was in Miami on August 3rd, 2019. Mm-hmm. Two and a half hour performance. And if you think about it, like, so Keith Richards, you know, the the guitar riffs, I mean, it's just such a perfect band, but you don't, the drummers are always taken for granted, like the bass players. They hold the beat. They hold the beat. And mm-hmm. you think about how hard the Stone songs rock. And he's 78 years old in 2019 playing two right. and a half hours of relentless drumming. In their hands, you think of how they get bloody. I guess bloody he had very and, yes. callous hands and he oh. had quite nice big... Um, Biceps. But you would think there would be some carpal tunnel in there. No, would, no, no, nothing no, like that. Okay, no, no. All right. Yeah, and um, he like he, one of the things I learned about him. He collected vintage cars, but he didn't drive. He never learned how to drive. Serious. Yeah, because he was a London kid, mm-hmm. like a New York City kid. Yeah, you, you take you, you take, take transportation right. everywhere. So he liked you vintage do take cars. Transportation. It's public. Yeah, public <laughs> and. Um, he he said the only time he loved applause was an, the initial coming out on stage. Okay. That was amazing. But after, when it was over, that was it. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. And there's this um, documentary called A Journey Through America with the Rolling Stones. And it's their 1972 tour of America. And they go to like the uh, Playboy Mansion. Right. And, but Char, whereas the other songs where they were like going out of their minds, Charlie was thrilled. And I've been in the game room at the yes, Playboy Mansion, yes, and it's a have. separate building. And Half had has everything from pachinko to uh, what do you call pinball machines? Pinball machines. But he had different shoes. But yeah, but he had different playmates. <laughs> okay. Painted like they were custom machines, sure. and Half would be on there, and they were. All, you know, basically naked. Yes. And different people. So he loved the game room. He was fast. And all the other guys are in the grotto and finding with bunnies. The, with to all frolic. the bunnies. Yes. And he's playing the games. No, no. And he, in fact, he, in another interview, he said, I never, I never filled the stereotype of the rock star. Back in the 70s, Bill Wyman and I decided to grow beards and the effort left us exhausted. <laughs> And he did go through a bout of addiction in his 40s. Yes. And where he got hooked on heroin and Keith Richards gave him a stern talking to and then his wife. And then he was playing at the jazz club, blues club, which is still in London. Ronnie Scott's famous, been around for years. He fell. He was so wasted and broke his ankle and quit cold turkey the next day. Okay. So... Anyway, yeah, there's some good documentaries out there about the stones. Uh, yeah, that people, are a, a lot of fun. people are going to do a deep dive. Yeah. Anyway, so there we go. All oh. right, listen, when we come back, oh, my God, we got some of the most amazing couch we've seen in a while last night. We'll be right back. You give us some good couch. 
time for Lori and Julia's Last night was wonderful. Good couch. Oh my lord, did we get good couch last night? Niall Horan filled in from One Direction, yes. filled in for Jimmy Kimmel. He was a snack and a half. He was so darling as the host. Yes. I I mean, were you just kind of like I could was, watch this guy every night. And we love his music too since he's bro- since One Direction broke up. He's good. He's, he's the Irish guy yeah, in, he's in One delightful. Direction. He's delightful. Um Let's and Lizzo was his guest and they had magical chemistry together. I'm telling you magical, but let's just listen to a little of Niall's uh, monologue. Welcome to Jimmy Kimmel Live. I'm your guest host, Niall Horan. I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty anxious to be doing this. But the last time a pale Irishman with no experience hosted a talk show, it was Conan (laughs) O'Brien. So I'm in good company, no no worries. Everybody has been super supportive, I must say. When I announced that I was coming on the show, I got some very, very enthusiastic tweets from my fans. Like these. (laughs) Choking and crying. (laughs) I'm gonna pass out. (laughs) No way, holy (laughs) I mean, oh my Nile. (laughs) All these are in American accent, by the way. (laughs) No, because Lizzo and Nile are gonna make me pee in my pants. Good tweets, good tweets. I know, honestly, I really do have the best fans in the world, but they don't have an official name for themselves just yet. There's a few in the mix, some of you may know, Nile Nation. There's uh, some favorites. We got Are the Nilers. But tonight, but tonight, we're gonna settle this once and for all. Are you ready? Yeah, okay. Sound ready. <laughs> From now on, my fans will be called. The Horan Dogs. (laughs) There you have it. Yeah. Anyone who loves my music is a total Horan Dog. Oh, he's what so cute. What is a horn dove? His last oh. horn dog. Horn dog. Oh, I, like your horn dog. Like a horn dove. No, no, that's like his lovely <laughs> Irish accent. A horn dog. And then he ha- had a thing out on the street. What do people know about Ireland? Basically nothing. Uh, nothing. It was hysterical. Right. And then he had, and we uh, Holly posted this, he had a round of golf. Um, the annual one-day-only event that will only happen once with the Jonas Brothers and Niall Horan golfing. Holly posted the video and they each had to like one of them could play an air horn when anyone else was, you know, teen off. Yes. Uh, Joe Jonas had to spend 10 times in a row before he could drive the ball. And oh, wow. Nick had to have a lubed club. club? Oh, wow. OK. And oh, so funny. it's just kind of a crazy. So, it's po- you know, we posted that. That was really funny. And he did a few little bits and he com- completely dropped. The Irish accent and does yes an American Everyone accent which was so good. I just loved I, him and then Lizzo came she was um, darling on the show they had a lot of fun they, she looked great she looked so pretty she, she just, really did I love her with an updo she looked great I love a girl with her hair piled on top of mm-hmm. her head like that in a one shouldered outfit and they were quite cute together and um, anyway here's a little bit they played a game in the second segment about how compatible would these two be if they ever dated okay 
<laughs> Live on Jimmy Kimmel. Right, for, question number one is, if we get married, would you make me sign a prenup? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, who got more money? Exactly. <laughs> no, but would you make me? Yeah. I want some of that One Direction money, you know? <laughs> You know what, now? I trust you. We wouldn't have to sign a prenup. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was just hoping that my next album was going to do well and I wouldn't have to steal anyone's money. You <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> got this, boo. <laughs> but, but also, I love you and I trust you. Yeah, and she called him. She said, we'd be cinnamon and nutmeg if we were together. Okay, that is so cute. That's, That's awesome. so cute. They just had great, great, great chemistry. So anyway, thanks now for giving us good couch. Uh, it was just, uh, I, I could watch more of you in a talk show. Just saying. Don't you think? Yeah, yes. he was just darling. He was good. He was really good. And speaking of darling, this is a new, we got the new poster for the Kristen Stewart oh, yes. movie about Princess Diana that's just simply called Spencer. And movie posters are becoming a dying lost art. Yes, but they this are, is an epic one and it just shows Diana what looks like she's crying in a beautiful gown with her head down. You just see the back of her head. And this movie is called Spencer. And it will make its debut at the Venice Film Festival, Julia. When is that, Laurie? Which is coming up like uh, in a week from Saturday, okay. I believe. And so, but this movie, this is coming, at the, the royal family is just going to be going crazy because Spencer is coming for the royals. Here's what it's about. It's about Princess Diana and the meltdown of the Wales marriage over a fateful Christmas at Sandringham, hmm. and it's going to premiere in two weeks at Venice, and then it'll go to Toronto. It just looks amazing, but um, the thing about this is that um, the impact on the royal family, because 20 years of careful image management rehab for Charles and Camilla got blown up by season four of The Crown, Showing what a rotten guy yes. Charles yes, was to yes, Princess yes, Diana. And yes. people still care about Princess Diana yes. 24 years later. The Crown season five, which will include the terrible old days of the early 90s, is not going to help. And then there's all the headlines around Prince Andrew. And then it makes it's you... It's a lot of negative PR for And them, it makes you realize, monarchy. too, Harry and Meghan were right to get out of there because their mom also had to get out of there. There's no help from the firm mm -hmm. if you want to be... Different. Different. Right. Okay, there's no help. And so people are very... It just couldn't come at a worse time for the royal family, and I'm here for it. It premieres, Julia, uh, in, in November around Thanksgiving. I hope movie. it's good because the one that Naomi... November watched, 5th. Remember the one Naomi lost it? It was, it was beyond bad and it was promoted and promoted and canceled and moved and promoted and canceled and moved. Yeah. So I hope this is good. Uh, this filmmaker, Pablo Lorraine... is such a great actress, though. Yeah, and she was She was so great is. in The Runaways, John Jett in The Runaways. And, and it's three days at Sandringham, which is family only. And Princess Diana, one of the things why people thought she would be so suited to fit into the firm is as a little girl, 
she was one of the few outside of the family who would be invited to Sandringham right. at Christmas. Yes. So it's about the three miserable days. Oh, my God. And in, in, in The Crown, the last season that we saw, she yeah. was miserable. Oh, yeah. I You know, it's... It's just, I'm just saying, you know, this is, uh, there's no amount of refurbishing now Charles and Camilla can do because people are still passionate and have big feelings about Princess Diana all these years later. And, and with here, like I said, Harry and Meghan have shed some light on what it was like, what it's like to be isolated within Mm -hmm. the palace and have people just look at you like you're nuts. Right. Anywho, Anywho. we're giving away some tickets to a very famous James Yes, Sometime in the next hour or the next hour, but we're doing it today. Stay with us. It's Lori and Julia on my talk.